Hello and welcome to the latest and the last Forever Blue podcast. Not forever, but just for 2023, because we're recording this on New Year's Eve. You may well be listening to it in 2024, and if you are, a very happy New Year to you. But we're going to reflect on this particular Manchester City podcast, Forever Blue, on the year 2023, which really was exceptional. And I also want to mention that during the week coming up, when City don't play until the Huddersfield game in the FA Cup, I will be posting on the YouTube channel an interview with cult hero um, Barry Silkman. So for a people of a certain vintage, and, and I've got to tell you, half an hour I spent chatting to him, what an absolutely fascinating character. I absolutely urge you to watch that video when it goes up in the middle of the week. So make sure you... In fact, the best thing to do is to subscribe to the YouTube channel and then click on the notification button, the little bell, and then as soon as it goes up, you'll get told and you'll get told about them all. And that is all the videos that go up. So uh, I've got two of the Forever Blue squad with me today, uh, Steve and Andy. Uh, before I introduce them properly and talk to them, a big shout out to... Amar Development UK, who sponsor the podcast and are great supporters of the work that I do. So very much in appreciation of them. And also to Counting King, which are R&D uh, tax specialists. They also do business loans, etc. So to you as an individual listening to this, you, that might not apply to you. But if you have a business or so you're involved in a business and you want to save a load of money because they are very, very good at what they do, uh, then reach out to Counting King, just search Counting King, uh, and I think it's Counting underscore King on X, and tell them that I've sent them, sent them you to them, so they'll sort you out. So big shout out to them as well. So Steve and Andy, uh, what a year, 2023. We saw the parade of the five trophies, and they weren't Mickey Mouse trophies in any way, shape or form. They were the big five as far as I'm concerned. And I can't believe the year that I've just witnessed. I was lucky enough to be in attendance in the stadium at every single match in 2023. I saw the five trophy lifts in person. And, I mean, if you go back through it in chronological order, obviously there was the, the Premier League lift. I think that was against Chelsea, although City had already wrapped it up by then. Uh, then it was the FA Cup. And obviously, if you're going for the treble, the ultimate way to do it is to beat Manchester United in the FA Cup final. Then it was off to Istanbul, beating along the way Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and then another past winner of the Champions League, Inter Milan in the final in Istanbul. Then it was Greece for the Super Cup, um, and eventually over in uh, Saudi Arabia, the, the ultimate one, the Club World Cup. What a year. How do you top that? Just talk us through your year, Andy. I mean, you've, you've seen a lot of things in your lifetime. You've travelled all over the place. You've watched your country. I know you're a big Wales fan. There's nothing better than what we've just seen in the last 12 months, is there? No, uh, definitely not, Ian. It's, uh, I think yesterday really brought it home, seeing all five trophies together. My only regret that we didn't have a red team from either Liverpool or Manchester to play against yesterday. That would have topped it. You could have put the cherry on the bun. Um but yeah, the year's been amazing. My 12 months back, I was just coming back from Qatar, my first ever World Cup. So I remember that very much as part of the last the last year as such. And I know that you experienced something similar in terms of hospitality in your recent trip from the uh, vlogs that you've made from Saudi. So no surprise that, that you've come back with that same 
feeling that I, I, I had a year ago. As far as the uh, the club are concerned, what more can we possibly want, I suppose, is the question. Uh, you go to the Etihad and you don't see your team get beat all year. I mean, you'd have that in January, wouldn't you? Every 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 time. So, aside of that, then brushing aside, for me, Real Madrid and Bayern Munich in the way we did at home will, will be memories that will last a, a lifetime. Family wedding kept me away from from Wembley, unfortunately, so I, I missed that. But Ilky, Ilky's goal was in my ear at 12 seconds and nearly upset the whole reception, jumping out of my seat. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, Istanbul, very emotional, I think, for many of us. A, a real uh, watershed moment. And then um, the, the two games in the so-called Mickey Mouse Cups, well, it's a different thing when you win them. Uh, quite obviously... Uh, Work kept me away from them, unfortunately. So, um, well done to you to getting out to all the games um, and the few few hundred that, that managed it as well in Jeddah. Um, that that really is probably another York away crowd now um, that, that we'll talk about it for many years, and it will no doubt be twenty thousand by by by, by any time soon. And I think that what I really find quite strange is that we keep hearing negative things about the club, its performance. And um, I get it in my locality. Uh, people follow what we're doing. They're jealous of what we've achieved. I love it. Um, I keep reminding them that the treble is still on and that we haven't even, you know, missed a heartbeat in, in Europe yet. And so for me, with two points gap with a game, sort of potentially in hand by the end of this round, um, you ought to be quite worried with uh, what seeing Kevin De Bruyne warm up yesterday and what a what a nice Christmas present that was uh, to see him on the verge of return and, and to see Oscar Bob come on and just absolutely boss it. So many positive things uh, that that really and I know that you know we've got still some players out. I'm looking forward to, to to what's to come, but reflecting back on the year, honestly, I, I really don't think it could have been any better. What about you, Steve? I mean, I know you were determined to get out to Saudi to see that uh, trophy lift because you've been watching City like me home and away for a long, long time. I know it was at great expense and I don't know, a risk to your marriage possibly to get out there. <laughs> um, but, but you went and you did it and you saw it and this is the year that can't be beaten, surely. No, I fully agree and, and echo everything. Andy's just said it's been fantastic. Uh, Saudi, I, I managed the final, not the semi-final, like yourself. Uh, but worth every single penny, every single second. It was a, a what I'd call a fleeting visit, really, weren't it? I set off Thursday dinner time. I was back in my house on Saturday, just after lunchtime Saturday. But worth every second. And just, just to see us win. You know, I was really worried about the... Uh, Fluminese in the final, believe it or not. Maybe it's our so-called legacy fans uh, worry that we have on every game. <laughs> but uh, I just, I just felt uh, what put me at ease a little bit was I was listening to your podcast on the flight over with the Brazilian journalist who covers us, and the uh, he's a he covers City, don't he? But he's a Fluminese fan, and he said that the percentage if we got to the final was 99% City and 1% them and I thought no nah, it can't be true that it can't be true and to be fair we had a wonderful start 
you know, similar to the FA Cup final. But then for 15 minutes, they played very well, I thought, for him. He's played some good football. It, looked, it, it did look a little bit risky, didn't it? They're, they're playing out from the back rather than as looks a little bit more assured. And, and then the second goal sort of killed it off a little bit. So, but again, with our Crystal Palace 2-2 in our mind, just before we played that final, uh, I was more than happy when the third went in. And, and it was a great performance. It's a great performance. And just as... and. Uh, it even rained in it when we uh, when they presented us with the trophy, <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, that's that, how good is that? They can arrange everything over here. They've even chucked the rain down on us." And then it rained that hard about half an hour after the final whistle that they even give us the Istanbul traffic, didn't they? Back to the centre after where it took us two hours to get back to our hotel. So uh, it was a great trip. And as as Andy said, my son went over to Qatar for the World Cup, and he loved it. Uh, you welcoming people. Uh, I know people will say to us about human rights, et cetera, et cetera, but take people as you find them. You know, they, they will love the people. Uh, I don't think my son had his city shirt on. I don't think he's had as many selfies in his life. I think it was about 150 at last count, weren't it? But what a great year. Uh, I'm not going to say the phrase that you're saving till the end of him there, but uh, it was a great year. Fantastic. And, and and I, just to say what Andy said again yesterday, just just to see them trophies there with the banners and the circular flag in the middle of the pitch, it was the first time I sort of dawned on me. And I thought, wow, this is some achievement. And nobody else has done that. I think Istanbul took a couple of days to sink in. I don't know about you guys, because when you win it and you're there, it's sort of, there's more relief, isn't there, than... You know, we needed that monkey off our back. You know, and I've got as far to say the Champions League isn't the priority, believe it or not, in a lot of our thoughts. And uh, but just to win it, we need to get to the final this year to Wembley. But after what we've done getting to Porto and Istanbul with all them complications. So if we get to the final at Wembley, I'm going to walk it on Wednesday night or something like that, just to make it seem as though it's like a normal Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, no, well, fantastic. It's been an amazing year. I mean, the other thing that I know we as City fans all value Pep Guardiola, but the guy is a phenomenon. I mean, it doesn't matter what players go out of the team, what players come in, what injury crisis you've got. You know, the 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 game uh, that. Obviously, the last game of 2023 was Sheffield United at home. There was no Erling Haaland. Uh, there was no John Stones. There was no Doku. You know, the players that, that would make such a big difference. And yet, you almost can't tell, you know, that, that when you're watching it, it's so well engineered. I don't know how he does it. it it's, and, and the motivation of the players just to keep... Uh, going and going and going. I mean, there was a quote that I saw about on the way back from uh, Saudi, you know, that he'd seen, he'd heard, overheard the players talking about the next game, which was Everton and and how highly motivated they were. Now, it's all right. He can go in a dressing room and say, come on, lads, we need to do it. And, and that might that's the old-fashioned way of trying to get people motivated. But it, it's about professionalism. It's about uh, this in, insatiable will, will to win. Pep Guardiola is is God. Let's face it, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. I mean, I, I think Ian, it's like anything where in business or in sport, 
when you have somebody who's driven to the extent he he has he has been and we don't have to look far across the city to know the effect of a leader leaving um that's you know very much in play and long may it continue um what i think with pep and the people around him is they've got this insatiable desire for excellence and it's an and it's a level of excellence which um I think many players that have come to City since he came to the club, um, obviously with uh, Tixie Bagirstein's uh, eye on, and on, on the world of football, that's a great combination, those two. And have we really, really signed many duffers? I don't think so. I think perhaps the, the one that hasn't worked might be leaving any day soon. And un un unfortunately for him, it, it's not been ideal we've made an absolute packet from the academy something that's never ever reported and should be and i think the club make reference to it in their annual statements um and you know we're actually starting to see maybe the beginning of two or three players finding themselves regulars in the first team i remember very well when guardiola joined us having been invited to a, an evening at the club in the legends lounge and he was asked who was the most exciting player at City and he didn't hesitate. He said Phil Foden. Now, you know, that's seven years ago and he he, he qualified his quote saying, I've seen them all. I've seen Javi, Iniesta, Busquets, Lionel Messi. I've seen them all at 16, 17. He says, and this kid, you wait till he's in his mid-twenties. He'll be the best thing you've ever seen. Now, you know, he's, he's already got an idea of the kid's attitude, the lad's ability. Because he's seen it, he's seen every best player from Spain, South America, all over Europe going through Barcelona, running their B team. This guy's got experience, you know, like an oak tree, he's got roots. He's just got it all. And I think that that's inevitably going to show in, in, in the team, not just the first team, also the EDS, all, all the way through the style of play. I think he's undoubtedly affected the whole way all teams try and play now, although some of them look a bit uncomfortable at the, at the start, as we did, to be honest, in that first sort of season. We had to get used to having, let's say, more, you know, heart-in-your-mouth heart moments, let's call them. And uh, Now we don't even worry at all. It's, you know, it's a pleasure to see us playing the ball out and very difficult for teams to get anywhere near us and lay a glove on us. Occasionally, like on, on Wednesday night, it can happen, a slip-up, but it's rare. So, yeah, I think his methodology and his his, his attitude, um, a, a player can really ask themselves what's wrong with me if they're not getting on with Guardiola and not getting on with what he says rather than the other way around. And I know he doesn't publicly say that, but I think you'd have to be an idiot not to work that, the culture out as a, as a human being that if you didn't put your work in, then pretty quickly you'd find yourself out of the team expecting to do better. And he's not been shy to do that with some very big names at our club. Um, and all of them rebounded back um, or, or subsequently have, have, have moved on. So I expect only better things, actually, even if it's only for a couple more years. Um, it, it, it just looks so positive what, what what's happening. And... Uh, Unfortunately, the downside of, of, of his success is 
that occasionally we have to sort of sit at home watching 11 players behind the ball for a lot of the matches, as yesterday proved. And only the, I suppose, you know, the aficionados are, are looking joyfully at the way we, we cut through them yesterday. And we're having to watch that an awful lot. So I like it when we actually have a competitive game. And it looks as though the Premier League's getting more competitive, probably because of him, to be honest, and Klopp and others who've brought a new style of, of, of pressing and playing. So I just hope that he decides that Manchester's for him for another decade, because I think that that's, that's the one thing that we'd all love. Uh, speaking from my experience, albeit relatively limited, of going to all the press conferences, which I'm privileged to do, certainly before the games, um, what comes across from me of watching him, his body language, the, the whole way that he carries himself, is that this is a man who is very ethical. He never responds to provocation from the press or from other managers' comments. Uh, and the way he's handled the departures of players, he always handles it all with the utmost of respect and dignity. I mean, I know he gets occasionally got booked yesterday in the, the game against Sheffield United, and that's his emotion coming to the surface. But he, he just strikes me as a the type of bloke who, in any walk of life, in any business, you would absolutely trust as a as a human being to do the right thing. Um, and, and, I mean, I know Andy's hoping he'll stay another decade. I don't know whether he will or not. We all do, of course, hope that he stays for another decade, another, the rest of my life, frankly. Um, but whatever, we've been blessed to have him, haven't we, Steve? Yeah, it's been an absolute joy. The football has been something that we, you know, the three of us here would never think that we were seeing, we're ever going to see. You know, we, we've, we've, seen, we've seen some bad teams in our time representing our club. But this football, I mean, I used to, I used to enjoy watching Barcelona in the sort of from 2008 onwards, you know, when Sky used to have the La Liga, you know, me and my sons sometimes would watch on a different TV than my wife and just say, look at Barcelona, how good is this football? But then to bring that to our to our club, I mean, Mancini was fantastic that he brought the duck for us and uh, Pellegrini had a couple of good seasons with us. I, I don't think Pellegrini was tactically too astute. But then Pep's first season with it, I know we had the false start, didn't we? Of ten wins on the trot, and, but you could see what he wanted to do, and and he knew that we didn't have the tools to do it, but you knew what was coming. And then the season after that, that hundred point season, it was just a joy. It really, I mean, it is now. It is now. Everything about watching us. It's fantastic. And going back to what Andy said there, you know, like it's 11 men against even the team that's in second in the league, like Liverpool come and they, def, you know, they defend against us to play on the break. When Van Dyke had a little pop at United doing that to him the other week, I thought, hold on, you've just done that to us. You know, you've celebrated getting a point at our place by playing on the break. You know, and I, and I thought, we every time we see teams that are so-called rivals, and they are because it is competitive, but they don't want to football us. They want, you know, they want to play us on the break and what have you. But it really is a joy. And again, I'm going to echo Andy. I think, I think it can get better this year, a lot better. I mean, it's, there's a lot of psychology in football, and Arsenal, Liverpool, and whoever's around us at the moment must be thinking, 
well, De Bruyne's coming back. Haaland's going to come back fitter. You know, it won't do Haaland any any harm to have a month off while he nurses this injury. You know, Doku will come back and he'll keep learning. You know, and, and I, I'm going to say a little bit of praise for Grealish because I think he's played all right while Doku's been uh, injured. You know, he's, just, he's certainly a different type of player. You know, he's not got this fast, energetic, bursting past the fullback. But what he does, he keeps the ball for us in that final third and he wins a lot of free kicks. Winds everybody up who he plays against, including the number 30 from from Fluminese last week, who nearly ended up at his... I think that he might have been the one who broke into his house last <laughs> Wednesday night. But, uh, you know, fair play to Grealish. But as going back to that, I think we can all get better. And when we come away from Everton on Wednesday night, I actually thought, it's starting. It's starting now. I think... Mm-hmm. We did take our eye off it a little bit in the run-up to the World Club Cup. I think he, it was really important to Pep to win that, as it is to all of us now we've done it. But I think he, we may have took our eye. You know, Crystal Palace was a, a disappointing draw. Uh, now, I, I just feel as though it's about to click. You'll probably play this back in about three months' time, we finished 12th and uh, got knocked out of every <laughs> cup in the next round. <laughs> I think I said that to you a bit on the vlog, didn't I, uh, at uh, Aston Villa, that I think we can win. <laughs> it was bloody awful, wasn't it? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I just feel as though it's about to click. And, you know, certainly with Kev coming back, it's, and, and what's he had? Four months off. So that is physical body, I think, needed four months off. And I think he could come back a fantastic, you know, we know what he's like, but he, he's going to be signing a world-class player in January. Given that Rico Lewis and Oscar Bob and Phil Ford and other players like that, Micah Hamilton, you know, have come through from the the juniors and have relatively been free signings, um, the criticism that has obviously thrown at us as a club all the time is it's all about money. Now, there's no doubt that they spent, the club spent when the shake came in, some money right at the beginning to buy a seat at the top table. But surely nobody with half a brain can say that what is ongoing now is to do with money because other clubs have spent just as much, have just equal wage bills, but they cannot compete, as you've been both saying. Uh, the opposition put bodies behind the ball and try and hit City on the break because they're frightened of actually going toe-to-toe in a football match with City. And obviously that brings us on to what may or may not happen in 2024, i.e. the resolution of these charges that have been made by the Premier League. Now, I was sent a document by Stephen Bardsley, who's a City fan who lives in Australia, um, and very interesting to read. Uh, But essentially, I suppose what it was saying was that Given that this uh, during the Christmas period, there's been this uh, overturning of uh, the Super League um, thing and FIFA and UEFA haven't got the rights to stop anybody doing all that. It makes you wonder whether this is going to get resolved quicker than the original estimation, which was uh, 18 months from now. And that basically um, FFP is just illegal to begin with. Um, so regardless of all the charges, and you can go through phonetically about, you know, the grass was too long, they came out too late, or, and the more serious charges like, you know, maybe Mancini was paid out of the, the wrong pot of money or something like that. But ultimately, I think this is all going to get thrown out now because of that case that happened over the festive period. Remember, we're still in a 
essentially a holiday period as we're speaking. So we haven't got back to normal working weeks where this type of thing can move on to the next stage. But it does make me wonder whether quite quickly in 2024, the Premier League are just going to either have to completely withdraw all the charges um, or, or something's going to happen, basically, to end all that speculation. Andy, you, you obviously work in, in business um, and, and perhaps have a more of a business head on this but do you see what i'm seeing yeah yeah uh, i do actually um we got into a discussion before christmas with a couple of lads and they wanted to know lads have played golf with and they wanted to know my opinion about it and, and I, told, I told them this and it it was just after the european court of justice had made their decision about uefa and fifa um, and basically, if we go back to the very beginning of the 115 charges, if we if we just to go back to the podcast that we had around that time, it was very clear that that was a tactic by the Premier League to stop the government introducing an immediate white paper to regulate football in England. And I'm absolutely convinced that they, that they did that purely and simply to show some muscle then, of course, along comes a low-hanging fruit in the form of Everton's um, uh, two- or three-year issue with balancing the books. And so here they have an ideal candidate that they can easily slap a points deduction on. They just happen to be the team that's been in the top flight the, the longest, I think, or the longest run in the top flight. Maybe so, Arsenal. I'm not sure if Arsenal the other continue. Let's just say let's just say Everton don't typically get relegated. Let's put it like that. So there's a there's a kind of, you know, and more than an evens chance that despite their poor performance at the start of the season, as has proven to be the case, that they're a team that can probably stay in the division, partly because the three teams that have come up are nowhere nearly good enough. So you kind of like think, well, yeah, that's not really showing your teeth, is it? Picking on Everton. Um, it, in the end, I think that the way I see things going, it's very much going to be an argument about the legalities of competition law. And FFP will be found to be just in the same way that restriction of trade around setting up a Super League was 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 thrown out by by legal legal means that there will be a similar effect and Everton will have their points given back um, and they'll probably, or, or less. But I think what's significant, and this is really what most people I don't think pick up on, is it just happens to be in the last, I think, month that the Premier League have secured their next three-year income. So they've got that one pocketed, at least for the domestic uh, uh, um deals anyway and now they go through the international deals and that takes them I think a month or two pocketing probably a similar amount so there they, there you go they've not got regulated which would have considerably impacted their ability to generate revenue potentially uh, all sorts of ifs and buts but now they've got that bag deals done pretty much now what's their, what's their beef why would they need now to necessarily create for themselves a prolonged and possibly damaging uh, court case, which they're going to lose. So I absolutely agree with you. I think this is going to get resolved fairly quickly. Um, and, you know, 
we'll still have to put up with the um, the nonsense. I thought our chant at Everton was exceptional, uh, calling them cheats. We should have shouted, should have chanted champions of cheating, really, uh, as well, you know, just, just to rub it in a bit more. But I think that the Premier League have got to realise that they're on, they're on thin ice here and they could damage their own product and they'll certainly damage it by doing anything against the team, which is the best in the world, not being in that league, competing for its title. So I think they've got to think about cutting their nose off to spite their face a little bit and and quietly disappear into the background with all the money they've collected for the next three years. I feel certain this will go the right way, Stephen, and uh, Andy's just reassured me even more. Yeah, I, I feel the same, and I've, I've, I've felt it from the beginning. I just think it was uh, maybe them pampering down to the red, the red uh, previous top order. Um, there's no surprise that the rumours are that it's most of it comes from Liverpool and United trying to press them to get a decision against us. Um, but I, I just, I just think it's going to be one of them where they turn around and say to them clubs, "Well, we tried." You know, we tried to do it for you, but we couldn't do it. The legality of it wasn't right or whatever. And uh, you've just got to get on with it. I, w I want to ask Andy the question as well is, do you think if we were looking at these potential, you know, maybe relegation, and, and I know it's 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 not that on points drop, but would, would the club carry on with the expansion of the North Stand and, you know, all, all this, what's going to go on behind the scenes there? But I, you know, I'm going to ask you that, Andy. But I, I don't think they'd carry on if they, they thought they was going to be found guilty. It's a very, it's a very interesting question. Um, I think that we know that whatever happens, there's thirty five thousand of us who'll go and watch City play to the Winks. Yeah, right. We don't need to go back to that. There might be even be forty thousand now. So I don't actually think it would stop. I think they'd carry on. Because very quickly we'd be able to recover our position on the field, um, and financially, the money that City is generating now as profits, they could survive two or three seasons without necessarily the vast sums of money that they would have enjoyed in the last financial year because we won everything. So that was an exceptional year, and we're you know if you if you look at where we're heading. And I say it again, the treble is still on. That also means that the financial uh, rewards are uh, significant. I don't know what we won for Jeddah, but I imagine there was a paycheck for that as well. So I don't know whether they would actually. And and if they, they've hedged their bets a little bit, they've got an investment in the co-op arena. That's not only an external. The club itself's got um, a, a, a bit in there. And of course, and of course, wider the City Football Group, half an eye on that. I noticed the Spanish teams top of La Liga as well. So there's lots of things that make you think that the Premier League, by relegating us, I think if they relegated us to National League, I think the first thing we'd have is Disney Plus on the phone, wanting to make a documentary <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, you know, because. Uh, Ironically, what watching Wrexham sort of rise, it does take you back to sort of the same sort of journey that we had in the late nineties, really, um, to some extent. 
but without the backing. So I'm even confident that they wouldn't he- they wouldn't hesitate to continue with the North Stand development. To be honest, Steve would would make sense. They've already committed to it. There's probably contracts already committed to to the work as well. So. Um, and they're building a hotel and a, and a leisure and retail facility with just 8,000 additional seats, as far as I can see. <laughs> Very true. Which brings me on to the last question of the last podcast of 2023, which is hopes for the future. Now, this can be on-field or off-field. Um, I mean, personally, maybe this is a little beef of mine, but um, I, I, as, as much as the success of the club is fantastic... I just my wish is that the club don't forget legacy fans and and uh, you know that 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 the people who um, have gone through the mill and spent the whole life dedicated to, to the club are not forgotten. Yes, welcome the new people, uh, welcome the you know the direction that the club is going in, the worldwide domination and everything. But don't rule out you know what is important and what what is the, the core of the fandom that makes our club different and special so that would be mine obviously to win another treble obviously to Pep Guardiola to stay for the next 50 years and all the rest of it and I know Paqueta might be a player that might arrive City is signing a new young Argentinian player who'll then go back on on loan for a year um so there's also maybe a left back there's all sorts of things that City could could look at but that would be my number one actually just to to remember and to honor um the the you know the so-called uh legacy fans so what about you two can I, I, I if i go first on that i i fully agree with you about you know the, the, the fans that have carried us through uh all the bad times that we do not get priced out of watching this team uh, I also, uh, from a fan point of view, yesterday I was a little bit disappointed because we got to 80 minutes and I know the game wasn't as entertaining as it can be. It was won at 2-0. Uh, it's disappointing to see how so many people leave the stadium so early. And I, I appreciate that people travel to watch us. And I know that five, 10 minutes can make a 90-minute benefit for them. And I, I'm, I'm not sort of having a pop at that and people go to work after a game, etc. And, you know, they've got meetings or they've got parties and family dues. I just think it's a little bit disappointing sometimes how many people leave. You know, we, we need to keep appreciating this team. We appreciate the manager, as we've already said. I think that for me is, let's let's just get the crowd that's in the ground. And I, I don't know if I'm, it, it seems to be that, the sort of fans that we speak about that have seen us in the bad times stay behind. I mean, I I go straight on the final whistle. You know, we're, we're near the back of the level one of the North Stand, and I go then. But it's always nice just to hear the final whistle, give a little clap, and then off we go. And you know, I I hope that we can do that, uh, and and we don't have an arrogance about ourselves. You know, that there are certain songs sang sometimes that are a bit demeaning to lesser clubs. But you know, let's let's just let's just win with grace. You know, we used to lose with grace, let's win with grace. On the playing front, just long may it continue, really. There's what can we say about the playing front? You know, it, it's fantastic. We sign good players. Nunes Nunes has struggled since we signed him. 
I've no doubt he could be a second season player. You know, and we've seen it so many times, haven't we? And he's a little bit frustrating to watch. And I think he's got to learn the city way to play. And Pep will, will bed him in properly. Even Kovacic, he's like, I, I like Kovacic. I think he's a great player. So, yeah, I'm, on the playing front, please just continue as, as you are doing and have the same hunger and desire. Four in a row would be brilliant. Your wish for 2024, Andy? Oh, I would say um, building on the 1894 group statement from this week um, would be to see a, a seismic change in the treatment of legacy fans by the club. Um, just touching on the leaving early point, I think it's only going to get worse when the co-op arena opens. Just to, sorry, put that one on there. Um, but back to the legacy fans, I would say taking their points, I think they're making a valid a valid shout about some of the stewarding, um, a bit heavy-handed. Still, obviously, um, issues around high-profile games and people who shouldn't be in home, home uh, areas are not dealt with. They're just not. And it's everywhere, all over the ground, creating all kinds of tension and issues for, for people. Perhaps if they were to get all of that right, that would involve spending money on professional stewarding and targeting certain areas which are known to be problematic. So that would be on my wish list, please. Um, also, as well, to make a, a nice gesture to the legacy fans as we get older and older, obviously the discussions start about what happens when you're no longer a legacy fan and you've joined Eddie Sparrow's Garden. Um, what happens to your season ticket then? Um, and of course, we'll all be very creative, I'm sure, about how we retain our season tickets as people do around the US Masters and the, the patronage of, uh, of such membership and so on. And there's people worried already about their kids who, you know, they can't get access to, they're giving a lot of away tickets are going to sons and daughters of people who perhaps choose certain games to go to and don't. That's obvious. Uh, so that's the 18 to 25 group unofficial, let's say, that's getting tickets, um, which is fine. I'm not a problem with that at all. In fact, perhaps what we should do is, you know, get City Matters to start making proposals around gifting your season card to a member of your family um, at a certain point in time when you're no longer able to go or whenever you choose, um, rather than it just disappearing in, into the hands of someone at City who decides whether they're going to go for revenue per seat as the most important thing or the person sat in it. And I think those those are the things that very interesting to hear your podcast with Craig Cash on and his uh, calling out of the... Um, you know the claims that we're not atmospheric enough and the reasons we all know and it's not getting any better let's be honest and if they don't get that north stand right people are not going to move and it's going to be just another another library um potentially and i think that would be a real opportunity missed so i think there's some work to do here for the for the fan engagement group that the, the, the club are now obliged to recognise officially. 
um, but I still don't think it's it's uh, addressing these concerns. And perhaps the eighteen ninety four group have taken this on now to start to make a make a play for engagement with the club around some of these things. And I think that would be uh, good to sit here in twelve months' time and see some real progress in that area. Well, let's hope the 2024 brings all the things that, that we would like as fans, but also uh, just stepping back from it all, uh, that Pep Guardiola continues to be the genius that he is, the lovely man that he is, and that we continue to watch this amazing football. And, and even if we don't win the treble again or we don't win the trophies again, uh, just the joy of being a City fan and uh, being part of the family and, and, and part of a humble, um, humorous fan base uh, which which cares for each other um, and enjoys being part of it. So that's the that's the thing that I hope for the most. I suppose. Uh, thanks very much to Stephen and to uh, to Andy today for this podcast. Thanks to all the people who are part of the Forever Blue team and all of the former players and former managers that uh, come on uh, at no cost. To, you know that we don't pay them. They come on have real goodwill and hopefully Kit Simons will be the first uh, guest that we'll have on in the new year. And, and great to hear, by the way, Brian Horton. Saw the, I don't know if you've seen the video of him ringing the bell. He's had uh, treatment for prostate cancer. So that's all going very well, it seems. And we're really glad about that because Brian Horton's one of the nicest uh, people you'll ever meet. Um, so uh, we go forward into 2024 with optimism, with joy, with pride. And um, thanks very much again to Kenton King and to AMAR Development UK. But... Um, Never has, have I meant this more. And I'm, what I'm going to say it now, isn't it great to be a blue? See you next time.